I'd watch the practice with none of my friends. I'd turn the dial to ABC to see the creep of the week that Bobby Donald defends. But I'm out of practice. With your hosts, Keith Barney. Way back in high school, most every night, my mom watched QVC, so I missed the practice. There was no TiVo, what could I do? Wait 15 years, get fat, then stream it on Hulu. One of us looks like Travis Pickle, the other one's me. Going the full Mr. T for our audience. That's me. (laughs) And welcome to the Out of Practice Podcast Apocalypse Edition. We are working our way through David Kelly's award-winning show, The Practice. This week we are up to season four, episode two, entitled Boston Confidential. And I sure wish you could see what I'm seeing right now, because we have some hair decisions that have been made for today's episode. We've been mocking how foppish my hair has been for the past few weeks, my wife and I, and so I was like, I'm just going to buzz it. And I went in with the full Britney Spears intention this morning. But (laughs) what's interesting is that I only have a small little beard trimmer. Uh-huh. I don't. I don't have like the full hair kit. Sure, sure, sure. So I started and quickly realized it was gonna be quite the adventure. Uh, so an hour and a half later, I decided I just buzzed the <laughs> sides. An hour and a half. Ninety minutes. I just lopped ah! the sides and back off and left myself a little Mister oh T. My God. All right. So. Oh, it's a little uh, worse than I thought. Actually, over here. I'm gonna <laughs> give you guys some context. Uh, you know Captain Picard's hair. Where he's got like the <laughs> ring around, but it's 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 empty on the top. Mike has the literal opposite of the Captain Picard hair. Yeah, yeah. It is completely bald on the sides, it, up to his like temples. Actually, you know what is that? That's only a one. There's actually a lot of hair here. It's just you don't know this, but my hair is pure silver. It's just gray. Yeah. All right. Well, it's hard to tell. We're not getting the. Uh... I mean, it's bad. I look like I had an injury, and they stapled half my head together. <laughs> <laughs> How'd the surgery go, Mike? Uh, well, better than the haircut, it turns out. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah, so we're here. We're recording this on April 19th. Uh, mid-disaster, I realized it is now... I've been out of my home for more than a month now. Yeah, you've been gone. I've, it's been... Uh, it's been odd. How are things in uh, Astoria Town? It's the, uh, much like the national news, it's like the faces of Eve over here. One day, everybody's taking it seriously. We got masks. The next day, everybody's back at the park. Uh, just like Florida, they open the beaches up and, hey, look at that. The beaches oh. are full. Then I'm reading great reports idea. that this curve, this plateau that we've seen, isn't yep. actually a plateau of the disease, but a plateau of testing. Uh-huh. So, yeah, lots of stuff. But there are two pieces of good news I'd like to share. Oh, let's hear some good news. Number one, I want to pat myself on the back. 
Last week, I sent Keith six guitar tracks to yes. remaster the theme song. Six, I did. Yes, you did. And uh, here, I'll I'll save you the trouble of patting yourself on the back. I'll do it because you did a fantastic job coming up with six layers of guitars to add and new vocals. Yeah, I to just add wanted to, our to go remastered theme song. Get fat. I've been thinking I just want to do it like uh, Weird Al Yankovic. And so that was my best Weird Al Yankovic impression on the vocals. Uh, so that's number one. Number two, it was a lot of fun, to tell you the truth. Yeah, I think it's, it came out great. I think it's vastly superior. We didn't mention it last week, be- even though you heard it last week, because we had not recorded it yet. Yeah. Uh, vastly su- improved, but just more in the... It, now it's all real instruments, which... That's true. Well, with the exception of all of the instruments that aren't guitars, <laughs> because uh, it's, I, I mean, you know, it's a digital piano, obviously. But you it's physically not even, played it, though. I physically played it uh, with a digital piano, and then I'm not even using my own piano sounds on it. It's a VST MIDI. Huh, interesting. Um, because it allows me just more options, and it yeah. sounds everybody's it's a great mix um the, the bass is not real either bass i forget how much bass is important like because i really just relied on the bass there to get the changes right but, yeah no it's important and the drums obviously are not real either well so okay so what do we got two-thirds ain't but bad. you're real you're I'm real. real i'm real uh oh and number two so my ongoing struggle of people zooming down the streets here because I live near Astoria Park, so the on the weekends, especially on a nice day like today, the, the kids with Bugattis and motorcycles and, like, souped-up right. CRVs. F- CRVs. <laughs> CRVs. <laughs> Whatever. SUVs <clears throat> are flying down the street. Yeah. And they make this big left-hand turn onto Shore Boulevard and then drag race up past kids and pa- families. Oh, right through, the, right through the park. Yeah. It's absolute chaos. Well, they shut down Shore Boulevard this week. They put up a whole bunch of blockers and all these things. And so what has been bringing me joy, Keith, beyond explanation. Is how pissed off they are. (laughs) Is I've been going for hours at a time, walking down to the corner, sitting down on the bench and just watching them speed down the street and get to the stop sign and realize they can't go any further and get Ah! pissed and get pissed at no one. And it... It I don't it's not quite Schadenfreude, but it's in that universe. It brings me absolute joy. Yes. Absolute joy. It's like when you Google on YouTube uh speeders getting tickets. For some reason it just it scratches an itch. Yeah, yeah. No, I I wish they would close it permanently. I hope that they get wise to this because now there's families in the street, like with tricycles and everybody's keeping their six feet, and it's like yeah, feels like a neighborhood. Yeah, there's absolutely no reason to have it be like a muscle car show in the middle of a park every day. Anyway. Anyway. Anyway, well, those those are pieces of good news, and uh, absolutely, you know, pat on the back is well deserved for all of your fine work on the theme song. So <laughs> you twenty six people are lucky. <laughs> Woo! There it is. <laughs> Actually, and. Uh, here, you know what? I'm going to integrate this into filings and subpoenas. Filings and subpoenas. Filings and subpoenas. Filings and subpoenas. Because people have reached out to us about both the theme song and your shitty hair. <laughs> Who's reached out? My wife? No, no, oh. not not live. Oh, <laughs> no. On, 
I was like, who's seen it's, it? It's so bad. People <laughs> hacked into our computers to see it. <laughs> no, no, no. We uh, we heard uh, on Instagram, Leanne writes, wrote on uh, on the picture of our terrible hair from last week. This episode is unofficially sponsored by Great Clips. <laughs> and boy, did, were you wrong about that. Yeah, you didn't know. I have a story you, about Great Clips, Keith. I'll share afterwards. All right. It was sponsored by Severe Clips. Uh-huh. Yeah, bold, bold, bold decisions. Ah, <laughs> uh, and also, uh, Jaden's dream commented on you put up a little screenshot of the uh, the score to mm-hmm. the to the theme song, and he said uh, you weren't kidding on how high with none of my friends is with none of my. So I just had to go low. My friends. With, yeah, I wasn't gonna do that, so I have to go lower. <laughs> it's below my register, so it sounds bad. That's why I realized in redoing it. Oh, that's why it sounds bad because I can't sing that low or that high. So it turns out Keith wrote it for himself. Moving forward. <laughs> so what else is new? Yeah, right. <laughs> I have never. I you know I've written the scores to like six musicals and a shit ton of stuff. I have never once written for anyone other than myself. It's me as Angela Lansbury. It's me as John Elway. It's me as whatever, because I'm just that type of narcissist. Well, you got better hair than me, and I never thought I'd say that. <laughs> Look, at my age, I'm just happy to have hair. That's that's really the only thing I care about. I keep You'll wanting to make a, a cancer reference, but that's unfair to people with cancer. You really, no. Because they at I, least shave the whole thing and look badass because they're warriors. I just look like an absolute moron. You you look like a guy who got bored in the apocalypse and spent 90 minutes murdering his own hair. <laughs> oh, it's so true. Okay. Sorry. This isn't my segment. This is about the, the fans. Oh, my God. All right. <laughs> Moving on. Oh, that was it? No. No. Okay. We, have, oh, we, have, we have a lot of filings and subpoenas this week. Good. I'm really excited. It was a good oh, week, and- actually. It was a good week. Numbers show that people like season premieres. People really do. Uh, but meanwhile, uh, all right, meanwhile. we're going to get through this, but we need to remember when we're done with filings and subpoenas, we should put in our contact info somewhere in the first <laughs> two and a half hours of the show. You're right. Because nobody listens all the way to the end of these things. If you'd like to be a part of the Out of Practice Podcast, send us an email, please. At please. Out of Practice Podcast at gmail.com. Out of Practice Podcast at gmail.com. In fact, why don't I put it in the show notes? I put everything Why else in there. Why don't you? Yeah. You really should. And also, uh, join the jury, folks. Leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or any other service. Just let us know. And then we will read it on air and introduce you as a jury member. Because everyone wants a fake thing. Anyway, uh, Leanne Wrights also wrote. See that transition? It transitioned mm-hmm. out of that. Well done. Uh, Leanne Wrights also wrote on the picture of Dean Norris. Yes, for Dean Norris. Jesus Christ, Marie, they're minerals. <laughs> great character great performance uh lauren is square gave us a good catch re our triple picture of donna donna the juror and grunch lk grunch is it drunk grunch lick or grunch lk unclear <laughs> i like Wrote grunch lick grunch lick <laughs> sounds awesome it sounds like a great like German metal band from the eighties. We are Grunchnik. He or she <laughs> wrote bonkers. 
he, she, or they wrote bonkers episode, but the next episode, next couple of episodes will be even more bonkers. Oh, looking yeah. Looking forward to hearing and looking forward to hearing the weather and all. I think we skipped the weather last week, didn't we? Uh, no, I don't think we did. I think I, <laughs> I, I think what I kept trying, it never quite works. All right. And finally, we have heard once again from basically our now co-host and, and a listener who most should have his own podcast. <laughs> uh, actually, we have, we have several listeners who should have their own podcast. Uh, I guess before you play this, though, you should also roll the conspiracy theory bumper because that's where we get. Oh, that's true. All right. Conspiracy theory. All right. Let us hear another winner from Phoenix. Hey, Keith. Hey, Mike. Yo. Phoenix again. So for the season premiere, they have the big reveal being outlandish sexual fetish. (laughs) Yes. You think they could just rest on their laurels and nope. not pull some stunt, but apparently they were worried about grabbing the attention of the people who don't watch the Emmys. That's true. I'd accuse them of jumping the shark, but given the casting, that might be a little too on the nose. Zing! So for TV, if you're not a TV nerd, like obviously all of us, do you know what that's referencing? Oh, oh, Jumping the Shark is the Fonz in that. Yeah, go ahead. Explain it. He, I, I, yeah, it, it's it's when a TV show has uh, become desperate and they do a stunt that cheapens and makes the show stupid. And it is famous because the Fonz, played by Henry Winkler on Happy Days, literally water skied over a shark and thus became a part of TV history. So, and the Fonz was on the you show. Should, if you've never seen that actual clip, go on YouTube that, because it is, it is crazy. It is bananas. Anyway, continuing. I was giving it some thought, and I came up with a crazy theory. I haven't watched Beyond 401 Free Dental, so this is just a, what does Phoenix think is going to happen? Trademark, out of practice podcast. Could it be... That George Vogelman is so good at seeming like an innocent, harmless guy. Because he really is. Okay, stay with me. What if his great adversary and the killer who framed him, or tried to, is his own alter ego? That's right. I'm talking about dissociative identity order. Maybe his mind is so split that his left hand doesn't know what his right hand is doing. And he's so psychologically compartmentalized that his subconscious is projecting a regular coat where his nun outfit is hanging. Ooh, I love that detail. His, that's, I I love this theory. I do too. In fact, I want to wrap it into my theory of him coming up against Vogel or uh, uh, Joey Herrick, I want yeah. the th- nine faces of of Michael Monks versus the Joey Herrick character. Yes, right. If he has Mister Hyde somewhere in his brain, then he would explain why his motives seem to be going in opposite directions. Yes, he would explain why, as Mike asked, that he doesn't just take the win and move on. Right. And yeah, multiple personality disorder. 
is a TV trope that rarely happens in real life, but in this case, it would explain a lot. And right now, with the crazy mix of character development we've been given, there's a lot that needs to be explained. Love it. Absolutely love it. Love it. And that is certainly a, uh, a first for us. The first time we have ever had music underscoring a voice message. I mean, he keeps Fantastic. upping production quality, and 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 we appreciate it. To be up well, he's frank. already surpassed us in production quality. Mm-hmm. That didn't take long. Now you keep it up, and one day we'll, we're going to have you in as a as a third chair, which we promised we'd never do. But I almost feel no, like <laughs> we're, we're not. We're not. We're never ever doing that with anyone, no matter how awesome they are. Okay. Well, we'll have to That's, see. That's a nightmare. Since when do we nightmare. listen to the bylaws? We're we're breaking the constitution. We have <laughs> ultimate rulers. Uh, I have the ultimate authority. <laughs> he then wow. proceeded to then directly say, "I'm going to give the governor's authority." <sighs> and then, uh, oh, no, uh, oh, we're not doing no, it. No, we're, we're not, not doing it. We can't do it. Now everything's favorite, fine. Everything is fine. Is, it's all fine. My favorite part of Phoenix's message, however, he threw me a little PS at the end God of damn it. the I ruined message. It. I had the leverage. <laughs> he said, PS, Keith, when you played the Mike is Thirsty bumper after what he said when Lindsay was in the hospital, he being Mike, I'm not saying you were right. But I now completely regret <laughs> jumping to his defense. Well, <laughs> I gave, I gave, uh, I gave plenty of caveats to my statements, and I don't yes, regret you, them. The the caveat I remember most was that if she she had to be medically able, that was the. Now <laughs> let me ask you: If I was in that bed with Lindsay and I was like giving her a nice back massage and like petting her hair. And and then she turned around to like smooch me and saw uh-huh. my patchwork quilt situation happening on my head. What do you think she'd do? Uh well, she definitely assume you're about to go shoot up a building, <laughs> put on a trench coat. You're not Bobby at all. <laughs> Who the hell are you? Oh, Ugh. cross signals. I'm from the future and an alternate reality where I watch you on TV and I really wanted to hop in bed with you and pet your head. Well, I want to dissociate from this conversation. (laughs) That that is a fantastic theory. Yes. Love it. Love it. And uh, yeah, be really curious to see what happens. It feels like it could be right also because he's so sincere when he's with Eleanor. Yeah. Well, he's either... He's, it's either that or he's a tremendous actor because he seems genuinely emotionally connected. Like, he's genuinely hurt. He's actually, if if he is that devious, let's say he's not, he is all there upstairs and he's right. just that good. He's sort of the anti-Joey Herrick, right? Because, I don't know, he'd be, but it's almost too similar, actually, to be honest, not anti. Well... Yeah, I, I need to know what his motivations are for killing. Because for Joey, it's about the narcissistic exercise of right. getting away with it. But for him, it's... And Joey clearly does is a true sociopath. He doesn't have human emotions and empathy and feelings. Where it seems like uh, Michael Monks does. 
not the actor, the character. Um, anyway, we're going to get into it later, but this, it is finally time. We're the longest episodes of all time. Uh, yeah. It is time to hop back into the time machine and try to get some damn answers on these things. Because we are going back to October 3rd, 1999. We're back on our, our Sundays, happily. And uh, it is time to talk about what was going on. This day in the basement. All right, October 3rd, 1999. Let's hear it. I had made the jump. I'm at Ithaca College in upstate New York City, uh, campus across the way from Cornell University up there. And I'm in my first and only semester at Ithaca. And I am good friends with this, my buddy Mike Britt, who I haven't really spoken to in 20 years-ish. But he was a really cool guy. And what we we discovered quick early on in our college experience was that there was a movie theater not far from campus. I don't know if, I feel like you've told a story similar to this once before. Maybe I'm blurring things, but. Who the hell knows? It, it's, this is episode 62. We yeah, have no idea what right. we've ever said. Reali- uh, and we realized that after the movies were over, the popcorn they didn't sell, which was a shit ton, they would uh, put into trash bags and just like uh-huh. throw out. And so we'd grab trash bags, like 30 gallon uh, trash bags of popcorn and use them as bean bags and eat them like it. we just ate popcorn all of the time. Uh, oh my god, that's amazing! And that started the second I got there. I also uh, ended up being arrested for the first time. Really? And only time, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's a story that happened in a few weeks because uh, it was oh. closer to Christmas. So I'll save oh, that. Can't wait. Uh, uh, and yeah, it was it was crazy. So I'm at Ithaca. I'm still enjoying it as of now. Grown <laughs> popcorn. Uh, and that is where we are. Okay. All right. Well, boy, teed that up. I'm excited. Well, so I am going to talk about what I teed up last week. And that was, I just might have found a little love in college. Wow. The lunch lady. (laughs) The lunch lady. (laughs) No, she was a uh, a freshman. Uh, She was a double bass major. Ooh. And, uh, which gives you an image that she doesn't look like at all. Uh, but she was, we worked together at the dining center. I was her supervisor, definitely exploiting the power I got for my extra 50 cents an Mm -hmm. hour. And, uh, yeah, so it was uh, right about now we had our first sort of like, it wasn't a, it was, it was like the great like college thing because I had still have absolutely zero confidence with uh with women so uh, basically we sat after work in the common area outside the uh the dining center for like four hours where i tried to filibuster my way out of a being on a date and happily i it's so funny i don't exactly remember how it turned into like a romantic thing but it did so there I was, beginning my first actual college relationship. In the cafeteria. In the cafeteria. Yes, exactly. So, is that Adam Sandler? Yeah. Of course it is. Uh, yeah, so that relationship, spoiler alert... 
would then take place for the entire rest of my college experience. <laughs> yeah, well, once you because once you're in, don't bother trying to back out. Oh my goodness! Yeah, so uh, it was a learning experience for us both. I wish her very well. Uh, she seems to be doing just fine. So the beginning of a very long relationship that we will uh, enjoy for the next three seasons of The Practice. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, oh, boy, indeed. All right, it's time to talk about this day in the world. Starting off, if I get the right mouse, we were listening to... Let's go. This was obviously Heartbreaker with Mariah Carey featuring Jay-Z. And this is today was the first day I've ever heard this song. I was playing it for Jillian and we're like, wait, what is this? Anyway. We were reading in the Burlington Free Press. <laughs> In the depressing uh, title today, Milton Blaze Kills Four. Milton, Vermont was a town about uh, half an hour north of where I grew up. It was uh, actually the town name is Milton. There's no T in Milton if you're from Vermont. The top movie continued to be Double Jeopardy. The Tommy Lee Jones and Ashley Judd movie going into week two. Thank you so much. Mariah and Jay-Z. And that brings us to the very important... <laughs> Every time I say something's very important, it it's means I'm looking for, time, for the... Yeah. I'm stalling looking for the jingle. But it truly is very important because it's sports ball! The New York football giants vanquished the Philadelphia football Eagles 16-15 at Giant Stadium. The Eagles dropped to 0-4 using both future head coach Doug Peterson and rookie Don McNabb at quarterback. But they were only able to cobble together nine completions combined. Meanwhile, the Giants replaced Kent Graham with future starter Kerry Collins, who led the team to a game-winning field goal. Wow. Yeah, that was a really exciting one. They uh, The Giants didn't bother to give Tiki Barber a single carry. Now, you know, someone on the Instagram commented about our sports ball segment. Did they? they was said, that somebody Keith's, you? Nope. <laughs> they said, uh, I think it was Leanne, Keith's sports ball segment is the something equivalent of Mike's weather bit. <laughs> of course it is. Not it wrong. is. It is literally there just to bug the co-host. <laughs> well, it's finally time to talk about nope. the episode. This episode, ah, oh, son of a! I tried. I tried to bail. It didn't work. Can you tell me the weather? I sure can. Can't yeah. wait. Can you? Because we all need to know. Was it hot? Did it snow? Tell me the weather. 21 years ago Heath. On October 3rd, 1999 It was unseasonably warm here in Astoria, New York 75 <laughs> degrees Ooh. 75 degrees The low was only September. 63 and sunny No, it was October October, oh yeah uh, But don't forget Neither of us could enjoy that Because in Rochester and in Ithaca I'm sure it was rainy and cold It was indeed <laughs> You know, I wait, I'm gonna do a weather report Uh-oh 
Are you ready for this? Yeah. The weather report in Astoria, New York, on the side of your head, <laughs> is breezy. It bre- breezy and slick. Breezy <laughs> and slick. Uh, and much like my dreams, ill-thought and shattered. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Oh, uh, how's your apocalypse going, guys? Not too bad. How about that oh, impromptu uh, ad for Star Trek T- TNC last week? I know that was uh, that was impressive. We'll I never run it, it again, to the guys. No, we will never because <laughs> we need those sweet, sweet clicks for revenue. <laughs> we do. Oh my God, the half a cent we get per download has earned us the princely sum of about three dollars. Actually, great. Keith, before we jump in, I should say I'm going to put it right here for no reason. Uh, maybe we'll run it next week. Uh, but I was, I, I mentioned on the podcast that I got a chance to go and actually record some, uh, back, backing vocals for this single coming out that's going to support, it was originally going to support Earth Day, but now it's for COVID-19 relief. Um, it's a project called, uh, Save the Planet. Uh, it was a song with a, a, a project called Remember Jones, and there's, oh, I remember this. Yeah, yeah. There's you a te- sang on that. Yeah, there's a whole thing yeah. going on Facebook now. You can, you, can, I'll send a link. I'll, I'll post a link. You can buy a T-shirt, which is pretty cool, and that T-shirt gets you a download of the, the tune, and all proceeds go to COVID nineteen relief. And I think the single releases next week, so I'll play it next week uh, at the end of the episode. Can't wait. Yeah, it's cool. It's a good track. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah, it's not me, but I'm on it. <laughs> I, I believe that is. Uh... <laughs> That's our best case scenario, isn't it? <laughs> it is. <laughs> All right. So we are still back in 1999, and we are going to be talking about season four, episode two, Boston Confidential. It was written, of course, by David E. Kelly and directed by one of our favorite directors, Alex Graves from The West Wing and uh, Game of Thrones. He last directed Closet Justice and The Battlefield, which only leaves us with one more annoying problem to solve. What is that supposed to mean? What's your problem? Give you like a full eight measures. Is this intro. what happens to women you when sure they your penis? <laughs> you're, a, you're a long jingle guy. What does Mike think's gonna happen? I love a tag with a with a set. Now, what if he would have drank the oh. curdled milk? Well, then you also have a tag happened? at the end of like every one of your jingles. <laughs> jingle, jingle, jingle. Think at the end. <laughs> you have to wait for. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> so the previously on uh, was a little spoilery this week, which sucks. But it just reminds us about the Fonz case. I really thought they put a button on that for a little while. I like when they leave a they leave a little dangly thread to discuss episodes down the road because you know each season is like a thousand episodes but we're not done with grape jelly uh bug squasharoo fonzarelli seems <laughs> that we're still going to discuss that and also and on his pre- murdery son and his murdery son and it also reminded us of scratch out the eyes kittleson so right we don't know if that means murder killer Kittleson is back, or if we're going to discuss the relationship with her and Jimmy, I personally want to see this, and I'm going to make my prediction. It's not Bonkaroo. It's actually, we're going to discuss 
the relationship of Jimmy and Kittleson. I don't think it's over. I think we're going to revisit their love or potential love. Oh, okay. And we're also going to see the fallout, Keith, of what happens when she finds out that Bobby and Lindsay got engaged. Oh, interesting. And because, Except they've been engaged for like six months in this world now. I'm sure she knows. Well, this is, we're going to see the fallout this week. Okay, all right, fallout. Okay, and uh, that's all I got. All right, well, let's uh, let's do the episode after we actually run our ad for the first time in like six weeks. Yeah, Anchor, we're still here. Yeah, Anchor. Season four. Episode 2, Boston Confidential. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, Bobby and Lindsay are in the bed. <laughs> she's giggling. That's because she's like, you're nothing Lindsay, compared to Lindsay, was... that guy who's taking oh, care of me in the hospital. Sorry. <laughs> you guys brush or you just start right in with morning breath? Oh, what a great wa- roommate. She just walked right in. Yeah, she certainly did. Like what? Oh, in never mind. I just got called to a crime scene, so I gotta Helen's go. Helen's a nightmare okay, roommate. Okay. Well, thanks for coming in to tell me. Uh, sorry again. That is not how that would have gone had you walked in on me, Keith. No, because you would have been there alone. She's not sorry, she likes doing that. Lindsay would not be I'll there. Get a lock. Now, what if Dylan never had my haircut right? Lock. <laughs> Move in with me. Bobby. Why do we have to wait till we're married? The solution to beat Nick Bobby. You can still wear a wire if we live together first. Tell that to my father. You can still wear a wire? What about Helen? She can't afford this place by herself. That's the real issue, isn't it? You don't want to bail on Helen. You know, we go back and forth just to collect clothes. This, This is ridiculous. I mean, Bobby's got a point there. Yeah, I mean, it's the in New York, it works differently. You've been dating for a week and a half. You move in together because it's the savings that are important. It, yeah, it is like such a big factor. We all move in way <laughs> earlier. Oh, absolutely, way too early. How long? Well, spe- been- especially when you get to be our age, because like, fuck, if I'm gonna live with a roommate, I will live alone and be destitute, or I will move in with my partner. Interestingly, I say that a lot. I hear myself say it and I can't stop. When my wife, my wife, the woman I married, yes. is the person I moved in with latest. Oh, interesting. Every other girlfriend has been like, all right, find me a lease. Now, was that your decision or her decision? Well, it I we met literally like two weeks after I signed a lease. Oh, okay. So it was so like a practical. It thing. was the logistics. Yeah. All right. But I think of I to this day I think about that what year of eighteen hundred dollar rent that I could have in my pocket had I just moved right on in. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. I, although I think about the women I moved in with before my wife, and I'm like, I could have had that eighteen months of my life back. Yeah. Well, we're crazy. Forget the eighteen hundred so bucks. So. Living living with us is. Is a trial no woman should ever have to go through. Truly, truly. Steve. That was an interesting Good integration. What do we yeah. got? The B roll had a lot of film grain. Did you notice that? It's grain, it was grained differently. This is Officer Henderson, Helen Gamble, District Attorney. Okay, let's go take a look. 
Yeah, and it was actually Boston, and then they panned down and we were back in Los Angeles. Ran a stop sign. I haven't touched anything. Is that Ray Brutzo back? Brutzo? Yep. Oh! oh. And there's he confessed. a dead lady in Just the trunk. Did you screenshot that? Of course I did. Okay, because she, when she came to work that morning, she was like, oh, you want me? I have some ideas. My eyes are going to be open. I'm going to go full Walking Dead zombie look, and right. I can do a really cool body contortion if you'd like. This woman uh-huh, uh-huh. brought her a She's like, okay, that sounds great, uh, but are you willing to wear a bright blue Hillary Clinton pantsuit? <laughs> oh, I brought my own. <laughs> it's in my duffel of options in case you wanted to see multiple looks. Okay, good, good, good. Folks, please just stand back. Mr. Stanton, I'm Helen Gamble from the district attorney's office. And I'm wearing We're gonna take you all of the police makeup. station, and we'd like you to make a statement there, okay? We'll try to help you out. I think I should call my lawyer. Okay, that's fine. Would you call him? His name is Bobby Donald. I'm sure he's listed. Oh, snap. Everyone's a close, a personal friend. A Bobby Donald and associates. Yes, indeed. All right, we got a, we got a lady in the trunk. That's exciting. Of course. Got ourselves a good teaser. We see uh, Bobby and Lindsay. Gonna move in together. What's gonna happen with Helen? I mean, she's gonna keep walking in until they move out, I guess. I, she's like literally trying to force them out. It's Maybe nothing she, she hasn't to. seen before, you know? Uh, yeah, kind of true, yeah. Yeah, they have a very... Uh... Well, you know what? It's payback for Bobby walking in on the she and Lindsay fight. in the food fight. Mm-hmm. Seems fair. Seems fair. Now, what if now, Keith? Would you be yeah. comfortable if that scene was Kittleson and Jimmy? She may have jumped the I gun mean, on the search a little. Why That's not? why I called you down. Wait, jumped the gun how? Well, reasonable suspicion is iffy. She's the one he confessed to. Yeah. Feel bad for Ray Brutzo because they never give him a suit that even comes close to fitting. No. Can you come by my office this morning? Sure. Okay. Bye, Mike. Meanwhile. Looks like we might have another Fourth Amendment case. Hey, Jimmy, welcome to the season. Hey. Jimmy's at the prison. Talking I to the phones. continue to just sit on this. You gave me your word, Jimmy. Let me ask you something, Henry. Are you sure? Have you talked to your son about it? It's a little difficult to have a conversation from where I'm situated at the moment. Have you told your wife? No. So, what we got here, your son's a killer living in your home with your wife and your 11-year-old daughter. Aren't you concerned as a father? Of course I'm concerned, but That's how can you stay good quiet? Because I can't necessarily no. trust Allison not to tell. She might tell. Out of concern for him, the kid needs help. I don't want to have this discussion. No, we're going to have this discussion. Yeah, Jimmy. Jimmy, banging Sir, the phone. I'll have to actually leave if you do that again. Got a point with the little girl there. Henry, you're an yeah. intelligent man. You've well, and his got wife. To know this is not smart. You're in jail for a crime you didn't commit. Your son is in desperate need of help and isn't getting it. For God's sake, Henry. I don't know what to do anymore, Jimmy. It's a tough position to be yeah. in, for sure. Impossible. Go to prison. I couldn't live with that. You trusted me once. 
I know a judge I think I can trust. Let me talk to her. And Whoa. maybe my partners. You're sure They'll you can trust her? my confidence. <clears throat> I promise. Well, it's not like Kittleson's gonna rat it out. <laughs> Famous last words. Yeah, right? I didn't plan it. All right, we should do that. Guy who murdered his wife and threw her in the trunk and made her be a zombie in a Hillary Clinton pantsuit. Appropriate. Nice, nice, nice work. I try to be more thorough today. This rich guy with a dead lady in the trunk is J. Patrick McCormick from Mad Men Armageddon West Wing 24. And here we go, Phoenix and all the Star Trek nerds. He was in Star Trek Nemesis as a commander. In Star Trek Voyager, he played Prax in Ties That Bind. On Deep Space Nine, he was Admirable Admiral Bennett in Dr. Bashir, I presume. And I had the jingle ready to go. Season four, baby. I'm getting better. I'm getting better. This far, no farther. Context for you and you alone, his hair is what I was going for. <laughs> it was premeditated. <laughs> Just tell me what happened. Oh, you gotta, you gotta. We've been fighting. I'll put a screenshot up. Which we've been doing a lot did. of. It. And she wasn't happy. She kept saying she wasn't happy about this. I was this, not successful. It was building. Everything that I did wasn't good enough. Whether it be my personality or my sperm counter, the, the way I rinse a damn dish. I buy her a $3 million home in Cambridge. And every time I drive home to it, I'm afraid to go inside because I know I'm going to get an earful of how I don't measure up. I get sick of it, Bobby. Calm down and tell me what happened. Like I said, we're having an argument. And she's saying she hates this, she hates that. And I said to her, it's me you hate, isn't it? It's me. And she says maybe she does. So then there's some more screaming. And suddenly my hands are on her throat. Now, I don't even know what the argument was about, but my hands are on her throat and I'm squeezing. I'm squeezing as hard as I can. And suddenly she goes limp. I let, I let her go. Where were you going with her? What? With her in the trunk. She had made plans to go shopping in town and she had told some friends. I was going to try to make it look like a mugging or something. Then I ran a stop sign. <laughs> Believe it? Okay. How much of what you just told me did you tell that police officer? All of it. Okay. Riveting monologue. Great. Sounds to me with not a lot, if any, actually zero legal training or uh-huh. education uh-huh. or really knowledge, for that matter. Right. A pretty textbook murder two conviction. Uh, crime, of pa- crime of passion. Crime of passion, sure. Now, the cover-up does muddy the water. Well, that's like post-meditated. Mm-hmm. But, but you could, if you're a savvy district attorney, you could twist that. Yeah, well, suffice to say, uh, I think Bobby's got a bit of a challenge on his hands because he did confess in elaborate detail yeah. to murdering his wife. Yeah, if Bobby is your retainered lawyer 
and old you, friend. They're yeah. all always old friends. And you're interested in perhaps killing your wife or someone right. else or baby mm-hmm. for that matter. You should you should know to just not say anything. I mean, it seems right. that in every episode we're given one very clear instruction. Yeah. Don't say anything to anybody. Clearly this man has never watched the practice before. What the hell? It's like one of the number one shows on TV right now. Judge Bradley Michelson. Played by... Oh, all right, all right, fine. We'll do it. Tried to set me up. I didn't have the bumper. That judge is played by Robert David Hall, who most people would know he did 328 episodes of CSI. Ooh. He played the head medical examiner guy, I think. He was also on the Superman animated series and was in Starship Troopers. A lot of cast members from Starship Troopers have gotten onto the show. Will we see Doogie? I don't know. Helen. Lindsay, what are you doing here? Uh, a Stanton case. Boy, it takes two to do an arraignment now. No, actually, um, I came to see you. She's, are you breaking up with me? I'm going to move in with Bobby. Oh, when? Well, pretty much right away. I, I, well, I'm there half the time anyway, so... Oh, thanks. I mean, is this because I walked in on you guys this morning? You're a lawyer. I, you're still going to pay the rent. No, no. It's it's something that that we've been talking about. Okay, um, but, well, I, but I'm going to have to move out. I can't swing that place on my own. You can find another roommate. Lindsay, who am I going to find? Women don't like me. Men just want to sleep with me. I end up wanting to sleep with them. No, you, you agree to pay at least until... until Wait a minute. We have to. We have to. Yes, but we have to analyze the quote that just happened. Yeah, it's okay. Go for it. The quote was, uh, "Women don't like me. Men just want to sleep with me. Then I want." So truth. Okay. Yeah. Men do want to sleep with her. Then I want to sleep with them. David E. Kelly's fantasy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then I forgot what the third thing it was, but like. That was some bullshit mail writing if I've ever heard it. David e. Kelly's like, you know what? Maybe I'll write myself in like a Stephen King plot line and I'll be her new roommate. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be the creepy janitor. And if I one, one, lust four. after her, she'll have to like me. By the way, double shitty roommate on Lindsay here. One, you always agree to pay out the lease in this scenario, right? If she can't find another landlord, until you find another roommate, I'll pay my half of the rent until the lease is up. Yeah, you shouldn't fuck over your, or at least give some more warning. It, yeah, two, give some more warning and don't interrupt her in the middle of a trial, clearly. A murder trial. To tell her this. <laughs> Are you busy? Yeah, I'm moving out tomorrow. Great, great. Pierce Stanton on the charge of murder in the first degree. Bobby Dowdle like, for the defendant, Your Honor. Literally, instant, she's not literally in the, the Commonwealth trial. My client has the judges there. Community. Murder one. Even so, bail is denied. Move for a probable cause hearing, Your Honor. Two o'clock. Put the defendant back in the lockup. Next case. Any offers? Bobby, he confessed. What kind of deal do you expect me to cut? What if I pay your rent? Judge Kittleson with a crystal ball on her desk. Jimmy. Let's see if your crystal ball you was right. 
I guess he's not coming at her I about suppose. the relationship. They'd have to have some pretty I know crystal what balls Eleanor to was do in that. Last week, hitting you up for special favors. I promise this ain't about that. I love when you use words like ain't. Eloquence has a way of leaving me moist. Oh. <laughs> Hold on a minute. <laughs> okay, I just needed to take that in. Yeah. Well, you, you, you know what I want? I need a bunch of crocheted throw pillows with great Kittleson quotes. Oh, that's great. Starting with, I can give you an erection from across the room. And I love when you use words like ain't eloquence makes me moist. <laughs> I know a, your integrity as a judge comes above anything else. In and I'm here actually to ask your help or advice. It's kind of a grave thing. I'm listening. And she is I would appreciate not it happy if we could Jimmy. keep this confidential because well, it involves get her arrested a privileged relationship on my end. I got a client convicted of a serious crime I mean, which that he is didn't a crystal commit. ball on her desk. His it son really committed But there's one of the crocheted things. Mm -hmm. My client doesn't want his son to go to prison for the rest of his life. So he's taking the fall. I can't convince him to come forward with the truth. Nevertheless, I got the truth. You have evidence that the son committed the crime? Well, just my client's word, but it, it's a good word. So basically, you've got a client convicted of a crime who says he's innocent. Uh, you expect what? Well, well I, I don't know, but this isn't just a case of the convicted guy saying he's innocent. It's, it's exactly that. That's what happens in 90% of the cases. Now, you have new evidence. You take it to the DA. If you don't, I, what am I missing here? Well, I guess I am looking for a favor, though I don't see it like that. You're missing We're these both five and a half officers inches, of Kittleson. the court, and injustice has occurred. The Jimmy Five. Right now, if I go to the DA, he's just going to laugh. It's going to seem exactly as you just said. I'm going to look like every other defense attorney throwing a Hail Mary. But if I go in with a judge, that might give me some credibility. Get out. Damn. If I could convince you that what I'm saying is true. I said get out. You can help prevent a big miscarriage here. This integrity of the robe thing, that's just a bunch of crap. Hey. Whoa, Jimmy. You think I won't hold you in contempt? Go ahead. We'd be even. Wow. I already hold you in contempt? Is that what he's saying, Keith? I... And like, is he and no matter how throwing hard her I a try bone saying we're even because I'm admitting I did that budge. to you? The son Where? did it? Yes. And you knew this? I, I didn't know till the day of closing arguments. Why didn't you tell us? I, I gave him my we word. We would have planned beat the shit out of him. Case. Don't you start in on me, damn it. <laughs> I gave him my word. That has to count for something. All right, let's calm down and figure out where we're going to go from here. Can we go to the DA? Bay, forget it. Without evidence, Bay and everybody else is going to lie. Now, there was a shot last week. It was Jimmy coming out of the conference room shaking his head. And I, I, for some reason, I interpreted that as he had told the rest of the firm and had given one last chance of getting Fonzarelli to, like, say, I'll, you can go after my son. I mm. thought they all knew already. Yeah, I don't remember what my impression of that was. But I think he... he he talked about it with Eugene, I think. I don't think he talked about it with everybody. Yeah, I, I know he was he was trying to convince Henry Winkler to tell the truth. That he might have been leaving the scene with with just Henry Winkler and the family. 
Atheras. A confession is new evidence. I say we go to the sun. We can't reveal to the sun what we heard from Henry. Client privilege. You already broke privilege when you went to Kittleson. Kittleson won't talk, and I ask you not to start in. All right. Look, go to Henry, get his permission to talk to his son. He'll just say no. He wants to spend the rest of his life in jail? Yes! That's what I keep telling you. Yeah, it's the not that... honking in the background. Let me have a little chat with Henry. Don't beat him up, Eugene. <laughs> it's always very threatening. So this is How the arresting officer. officer. Two years. Do you remember learning anything at the academy about the Fourth Amendment? What right did no, you have to No, but we saw the six trunk? episodes earlier this season all about the Fourth Amendment. We've got a problem, officer. You had no legal grounds to conduct that search. Unless I see he didn't have his registration on him. That's right. See, I think what happened is you decided to impound Ooh. the vehicle. Once you made that decision, you then conducted an inventory search of the vehicle. Is that what happened? Yes. Okay. Ooh. Well, we need to be clear on that Ooh. once you get in the witness chair. Otherwise, the contents of that trunk together with the confession will be suppressed. Are we clear? Yes. Oh, Good. wow. You hey. might want to get some coffee. You're on in an hour. I mean... Okay. we have. Let's do two things. One, we have to do... Houston! Cop who done fucked up! Houston! Was she about to make it right? By doing something wrong. Ooh. That was like a G.I. Joe... <laughs> the more <laughs> you know. The, the more, more you know. You know. That uh, cop who done fucked up is Kirsten Van Horn, who uh, had a small acting career, but now she is a producer. She's a producer on the uh, new Snowpiercer series. Ooh. And uh, yeah, so let's talk about the new crime that Helen just committed called suborning perjury. Well, you'll recall that recently uh, a client of hers, she couldn't convict somebody because the the search was nullified, right? Didn't That's that happen right. recently? The, yep. Yeah, the the nun killer yes. who she later murdered. Yes. So she's <laughs> now ain't going to be suffering no fools when it comes to illegal searches by the police. So she's concocted a alternate narrative that she didn't so much uh subvertly that's not a word that's not what i want to say she didn't subtly like recommend be like you know what i'm saying you know what i'm saying she just told her what to do and what to say yeah no which uh she definitely just broke the law yeah but at least she didn't kill anyone yet yeah. witness tampering supporting perjury kittleson shows up at the firm's office in the same power suit that that woman was in the trunk. Can I speak to in private? <laughs> it's a much nicer power suit. They went to dress bar. First of all. Uh, wow, corpse. Lucy had a raincoat on. <laughs> Wait, back it up. I want to see it. Wow, why was she wearing a raincoat inside? I don't know, but it Can does, I speak uh... to in private? There it is. Parishioners, it is time to contemplate the answer it, yeah, to one totally of God's like a London greatest fog mysteries. What the hell is Lucy wearing? 
You had no right to reveal print. to me your client. I didn't give you names. I can figure it out. Give me some credit. Now, are you sure your client is telling the truth? Yes. What you first need to do is get his permission to talk to the son. Eugene's trying to do that now. Right, assuming he consents, you need to get the boy counsel. I would then try to secure a written confession with counsel. Then you take that to the district attorney and you go from there. But the boy must have counsel. Yeah. <clears throat> Not sure why he needed her for that. Could we have got a phone call on that one? When somebody so much as asks for special treatment on the basis of a personal relationship, I consider it a professional indictment. And I take offense. I wasn't trying to insult you professionally, Roberta. Everybody knows you're a great judge. That's why I came to you. For and advice. that you sleep with a thousand attorneys and, and a that you might have murdered I someone. Missed you. I missed her. Wow. You have my advice. She's going to turn around and bang him. Huh? Hey, I've, I've been wrong over before. After he failed to stop for the stop sign. He appeared to be very nervous. No fans in this courtroom. What happened then? I asked for yeah, his license and registration. So he didn't have his registration, so I decided to impound the vehicle. I then ordered the suspect out of the vehicle, and then I searched it, upon which I discovered the body of a deceased woman in the trunk. What happened next? He then basically broke down and told me he had Keep murdered his wife. My spidey senses tell me that, that he was Bobby's going to pick right the through that to little... Avoid being caught. Thank you, officer. Helen Gamble Gamble. I think oh. that's. You said that's he was fair. acting nervously. Where's Lindsay going to do it? Yeah. Did his behavior make you suspicious? Now that's a power suit. Well, I, I suppose it did a little. He looked like he was hiding something. And in your testimony, you said you ordered the suspect out of the car and then searched the trunk. What was he a suspect of? He wasn't a suspect at that time. He became a suspect after I opened the trunk. Well, you said you ordered the suspect out of the car. Shall we read back your testimony? Well, I misstated it. He wasn't a suspect until after I opened the trunk. Okay. And when you went to search the trunk, was it because you thought he was hiding something there? No, that was an inventory search. I had decided to impound the vehicle, so I did an inventory search. And why were you impounding the vehicle? Because he didn't have any registration. The car wasn't registered? It turned out to be registered, but he didn't have the registration on him. And is it your policy to impound registered vehicles when the driver isn't in possession of No, I didn't know it was registered when I decided to impound it. Did you call on the plates? No. Isn't it normal procedure to call on the plates to determine whether a car is registered? Many officers do that. I didn't. See what you're doing. I suppose I could have. You suppose you could have. Did you tell my client you were impounding his car when you asked him to open the trunk? I don't recall. Did you call a tow truck? No. Why not? I hadn't gotten to that yet. When were you planning to get to that? Objection. Overruled. I was Helen's too good a lawyer and knows that Lindsay and Bobby are too good of lawyers to try to pull that shit over on them. Well, I think it's her only move. Like, what What else could she possibly... I mean, it's, it's a Hail Mary. To Gronk in the end zone. Sometimes he catches him. Sometimes. Sometimes. Going to order the tow truck after I did the search. Officer Henderson, we all know how long it takes tow trucks to show up. And then he looks confused when they drop the ball drops to the ground and he doesn't catch it. Like and then they- he smashes a Lego head of uh, <laughs> Steve Harvey. And it's amazing. It's your testimony that you plan to do the search first and then call for the truck? 
Yes. Okay. When you went to search the trunk, you didn't tell my client you were taking his car. You didn't tell him he had to get picked up by somebody or hitch a ride to the station? No. Your Honor, the defense moves to suppress the contents of the trunk together with my client's confession. Opposed. I'll hear oral arguments tomorrow morning, 10 o'clock. Guys, you just got assassinated by Lindsay. Wow. She just killed it. Oh, Eugene's back. In a scene that has been cut. Right. For time. Cut for he time. He says we can't talk to the son. Which is the same now conversation what? Jimmy just had with him. And had with him it's two times over. in the previous Jimmy, episode. There's nothing yep. more we can do. It can't be over. We just don't sit back saying it's over while the wrong guy sits in jail. I think we Man. should confront the son anyway. Can't do that. Why not? If because he instructed you not to. You can't talk to the kid without revealing a lawyer-client communication, so that's that. Eugene, what are we supposed to do here? Forget about it? Move on while an innocent man serves a life sentence? Dear Jimmy, if you only knew the amount of bodies we've hidden already. Yeah. <laughs> we had to uh, close. Eleanor didn't get an office because they're all stacked up in there. Yeah, so so the Fawn sits in jail. Uh, yeah. It's a small price to pay. It's exactly what we do, Jimmy. Now, if you want to go through the transcripts, find an appealable issue, do it. But for what the client told you in confidence, you keep it in confidence. Not what it amounts Jimmy, to. Jimmy, you can't do it. Oh, don't ever tell the grunt he can't do it. Rebecca, come on. Have something to say. Join the episode. No, she doesn't get a line. She's, she's a very well-paid extra. She's like, but look at this hair. Looks good. Okay, Murder Son just came Mr. in, Fan. Steven, hey. Hey, thanks for try coming. To elicit I had no trouble getting here. Confession no, from the sun? Here, uh, let's use this office right here. I think he might. Jimmy, can I talk to you a second? Go ahead, Steve. I'll be right in. What are you doing? I'm going to talk to him. We didn't get permission from his father to I talk to him. I won't be revealing anything Henry said. Jimmy, you can't reveal client privilege information. There's no way to talk to him without raising his I won't his say what his father told me. How do you accuse him of the crime without violating privilege? You don't have any independent information other than what Henry told you. Eugene, if I get called before the bar, I get called before the bar. I really don't care anymore. I'm going in there with you. No, you're staying out here. He's trying to protect you, Jimmy. Once you've had the moist love of Judge Kittleson, you don't need anyone else's protection. The officer admitted he seemed suspicious. Right. Thought maybe he was hiding something. So what did she do? She opened Eloquence. the trunk. And anybody with a law degree knows she made a mistake. This was no inventory search. She never said she was going to impound the vehicle. The police don't seize vehicles when the drivers don't have proof Man. of registration. They Open. just call the plates into check. It takes 30 seconds. She never called a tow truck. She said she was going to do that after, please. We all know what's going on. Here. I slept four and a half hours. They've last decided night. to call nice. it an inventory search to Micro justify Mike, Mike, it. Make an appearance. And the behavior of that police Great. officer is consistent with so police procedure what you did with your on hair. an inventory Sorry, search. Sorry, <laughs> It all hinges on what Officer Henderson was thinking when she opened that trunk. We have a word that it was inventory versus Bobby Donald's ability to read minds. Come on, counsel. How many officers are out there taking cars because... 
when I first got out of the shower, I was like, oh, hey, I did a good job. And now it took looking at it in reverse on webcam to realize <laughs> how mistaken I was. It because the took drivers me can't find being merciless. <laughs> Maybe she was a little overzealous. My She's scorn. 27 years old. Young police officers right, get that like way it. sometimes. So what? <laughs> she hadn't taken him into custody. She hadn't placed him under arrest. He wasn't any kind of suspect. By Officer Henderson's own uncontroverted testimony, it was an inventory search. And defense counsel is standing up here. For the record, I mean, you've got the uh, Fabio going on right now. Oh, God, I got the Flabio going on right now. <laughs> asking you to read minds, asking you to play guessing games, asking you to suppress the an contents entire pack of that of Oreos trunk. last night. Chocolate, Anybody chocolate, peanut butter, and knows gram. what happens if you do. Ooh. Don't we? It's a lot. You got a losing hand, Helen. Is it, Steven? Your oh, dad you know what? saw you going out the door. I have a I have a rule. If you murder a lady, you get a proper introduction. Guy who murdered a lady and put grape jelly in her mouth for some reason that nobody understands. Guy whose dad saw him do it, but is now trying to deny it to Jimmy. Yeah. Yeah. That son is played. Oh, oh, my bad. I thought I just got busy singing. <laughs> <laughs> get busy singing or get, get busy, busy dying. dying. <laughs> the son is played by Marco Gould from Freaks and Geeks, once and again, Pearl Harbor, and a different character on Boston Public. I want to see you go to prison. He loves you too much for that. He'd rather spend the rest of his life in jail than see you get hurt. I don't see you as some kind of monster. A boy finds out his dad's got this sick sexual fetish. It's got to be devastating. Doing what he was doing. And when you went to the office and saw the woman, I don't know, any kid would probably go a little nuts inside. Oh. And the court would understand this, Stephen. Nah. They would. Mm. would they? They'd understand it while they put you in prison for the rest of your life. But they'd be like, yeah, I get it. However angry you, you might be at your dad, you're going to be more angry at yourself one day if you let him go to prison forever. I don't know. The fact that he's willing to do it, that shows how much he loves you. The fact that you got so hurt by his fetish thing, that shows how much you love him. I've known you practically your whole life. You're a good kid. Great kid. You'll destroy yourself if you don't correct what's happened to you. He's sick. He's sick. I know he is. And we gotta get him some help. But first, we gotta get him out of jail. Will you help me do that? And now Jimmy's hugging him. Is what Jimmy just did ethical? I don't... I'm unclear as to what the right thing to do in that situation Yeah, was. we're going to have to discuss that. You and Steam. me. Roommates. Lindsay said you needed one. I'm looking at the moment, and I thought Eleanor maybe... Eleanor stepping up. ...on a temporary basis. Eleanor, do you think Remember you that time where you planned beat me in well, why wouldn't open we be? court? Well, um, don't get me wrong. I as like long as plan A is paying the rent on the first to, of the month, then... I just have this work. vision of you doing drugs or 
I guess I'm just worried I'd have to have you arrested. You think I do drugs? No, I don't. What? But I have this notion of you traveling in underground circles. Well, Helen, I wish I did, but unfortunately, I work all day and I come home and I work all night, and really, I'm less fun than Lindsay. Nobody's like, less fun than. What Lindsay. is she basing that? I heard on? that. What has Eleanor, I think Eleanor ever and I done? Are a good match. That justified her thinking she was like a drug no. addict, other than what earrings. Men who cut off heads. I have this thin little neck. Oh, okay, that's really funny. See, you're already bickering, roommates. Mm -hmm. A little Helen, foreshadowing there. The judge is coming back. That guy's tie is yes. too long. Foreshadowing that it's going to be decapitated next episode. No, that Vogelman's going to pull some shit in their new apartment. We uh, cannot know what was in Officer Henderson's mind when she searched that trunk. But the court is certainly entitled to exercise common sense together with the benefit of experience when making its guess. She was suspicious of the driver. She admitted as much. The search of the trunk in the court's opinion was a result of that suspicion. And while granted that suspicion turned out to be extremely well-founded, it was nevertheless legally unreasonable. The contents of the trunk are suppressed. The defendant's ensuing confession is therefore also to suppressed Helen again. as a fruit of a poisonous tree. Ms. Gamble, Helen and the Fourth Amendment do not get I'm along. I'm as disappointed no. as you are. This is awful. But we both know it's not even a close call. If you can get new evidence, refile, so long as it's independent. Otherwise, congratulations, Mr. Stanton. For now, you get away with murder. Wow, judge. Adjourned. Calls it like he sees it. Well, he did confess. <laughs> it's just the, the literal truth. I don't believe it. I would hope you get some counseling, Pierce. Well, if it's right, I can just any consolation, she had it coming. Totally free. I wouldn't book <laughs> yourself on Larry King. What are you waiting for? Somebody to say, chin up, don't feel so bad. You should feel bad. You made a terrible mistake. If I hadn't opened up that trunk, we might never have known a murder even happened. Maybe. But because you did open up that trunk, you pretty much guaranteed his getting away with it. You've never made a mistake, Miss... So he can't go and confess now and have the trial reopened. Give a voluntary no. confession? Because it'd be the same, you can't be convicted. No, you can't be tried for the same thing twice, right? Well, he he never got tried because this was all preliminary hearing stuff. So the evidence was not sufficient to make there be a trial. But they can't use, I guess if he confessed again, they might be able to use that. They just can't use the one that he gave that was, and they, and they also can't use finding the body. Right. So there's no dead lady. Well, there's still a dead lady. She's been found now. They know she's dead. Right, but I don't but they but they have they can't tie him to the body. Yeah, anymore. but if he confessed, that ties him to the body. If he confesses again, I guess. It's a good question. A better yeah, I don't know. I mean, if he can now if he confessed to first degree murder, then yes, because it's different it's a different uh well no but again like double jeopardy doesn't apply yet. We don't know. We're we just making it up. <laughs> Gamble. We're two sleepy guys no. in the apocalypse just talking, waiting for our listeners to do the research, then send in an email that has underscoring. <laughs> <laughs>
I'm gonna go home and check on her a little. You know how she is about losing. I should probably check up on Stan. He hasn't even begun to deal with losing his wife yet. How are you? I'm okay. Losing Why? his wife? I don't no. know it's worse. Murdering his wife. The fact that we freed another murderer, the fact that it doesn't really bother us anymore. I smell food. I hope it's for me. You know me. what? I don't care. If I broke lawyer-client privilege, I can live with it. The issue isn't whether you care. Yeah, it is, Eugene. You guys are trying to make me feel bad. I'm not gonna feel bad. If I violated some precious lawyer rule, tough. So... This is going to come back to bite Jimmy in the ass somehow. I wasn't about to let an innocent Privileges man... is just some precious... Why you got to be lecturing me? What we are. I left you out of it. I'm out of it. You didn't leave any of us out of it. ever. you did this to us, Jimmy. To us. Well, then, I'm sorry. Eugene's right. I choose Eugene in that fight. No, definitely. Choose Eugene in any fight. Delilah. Murky piano, murky piano. Well. That was one of those scenes. I'm going to play it back 10 seconds. When they cut to that scene, Keith, notice a bad, the bad edit in that it's clear that somebody just said action and they begin. There was no previous action taking place. It's just <laughs> them sitting still on a couch and then sitting. starting. They sat in silence. And, and action. <laughs> well, I lose my roommate. I lose my cases. I lose my cases to my roommate. Have you given any thought to Eleanor? Not really. We're still going to see each other, right? Helen. Come on, don't Helen me. I, I like having you in the next room. I like food fights every other day. Being in it with you. Oh God! We're still gonna see each other all the time. We're still gonna come over. Yeah. We're gonna throw food. We're Bobby's gonna out. watch us roll around At amongst the pastries month, and whipped cream. <sighs> Keith, this was like our tearful goodbye when we moved out from each other. I went on tour oh. with Mame, and I never lived there again. Yeah, and then I, you know, when you came back, I was like, "Oh, you were used to be here." <gasps> I got there mac and cheese. Food coming to you. You got food. Nice. I don't want to lose you, Lindsay. You're not going to lose me. <laughs> Actually, I'm a little Promise. choked up. You should probably eat some of that mac and cheese. It's going to sound your so moist. Your face. Oh. Ugh. Look at all of those columns. Why are there 15 columns in the middle of their living room for no reason? That was a tube TV. That TV was heavy. No. Everything else can wait till tomorrow. Bobby's got a cell okay, phone, a car phone, 1999 style. Then I'll probably head home. Have a good night. You too. Well, it's not Lindsay's voice. That was Lucy's. Lucy's uh. voice. Bobby is stalking the guy who killed his wife. Yeah, is he staking him out? He's definitely staking him out. He's carrying a bag to the car. Bobby Another head in a bag! I'm not saying I don't like is him. He having an affair, Keith? you two his roommates? What? We get along great. Oil vinegar. I hear a phone ringing. It would just be nice to get out of that rabbit warren. That's all I can for say. No hey, Jimmy. 
It's Allison Olsen. That is Allison, Henry Winkler's wife. Oh my God. When? Oh God. Did he kill himself? Where are you now? I'll be right there. That's Jimmy's suicide face. Jimmy? It definitely is. Some great uh, pull focus what shots happened? in there from Alex Graves. Stephen Olsen. He just hung himself in the garage. Oh, you called He's dead. it. Yeah. And now he can't confess? And Henry Winkler stays in prison anyway. Yes, he does. Bad time, Jimmy fucked up. Jimmy fucked it all up now. Eugene told him not to, but he did it. Okay, so now we're Bobby's watching the guy who killed his wife again. He's followed him to a new place. He's got a girlfriend. Is it Judge Kittleson? No, no. That would have been too good. Ooh, she's young and pretty, though. That's the cop! It's the... Oh, shit! Mike was eating mac and cheese. Pay a fucking attention! (laughs) Oh, shit! (laughs) You know that we're recording this. (laughs) Wait, I'm confused. She was trying to get... She did it on purpose. He's totally dating the cop that pulled him over. So they premeditated that whole exchange? So it would seem. That was a really smart way to get uh, get away with murder. Use that Fourth I, Amendment. I know he was upset by all this, but I never, never... Allison... Stephen killed the woman. What? <laughs> just like, okay, so your husband me. is in prison forever. I confronted Stephen. Your son just committed suicide. Afternoon. Just let, maybe just give you some more exciting news. Yeah, while we're talking at this about exact it, moment. Yeah, sort of was uh, his fault, and uh, I guess I should get this off my chest personally. Yeah, yeah, I've been. Without Hold really consulting it with you or Henry. In fact, Henry told me explicitly not to do it. I uh, went ahead and confronted him and forced him to confess, so... Yeah, yeah. And I, I I figured now, 20 minutes after you discovered him dead, would be the time to give you this information. But I mean, if it's any consolation, it's just you now, so you could probably downsize, save a little bit on a mortgage. Yeah, I mean, you've got a lot of grape jelly, so you can live off that for a while. Turns out I'm single, so... <laughs> I won an Emmy, so... That's true. Come on, come on, come on. Hi, this is Lindsay. I'm not home right now, but if you leave a message, I'll call you back. Thanks. Lindsay, call me as soon as you get this. I just saw our little friend Pierce Stanton going to Officer Henderson's home. I think they pulled off the perfect crime. You killed my son. Henry. You killed my son. I didn't kill him. He took his life out of guilt. Because you went to him after. I told you not to go to him. I know. And I'm sorry. All that's left for me to do now is get you out. I'm going to tell the DA everything that's happened. And hopefully we can get you out. 
Henry, that's a great scene. Loved everything you did there. We're just going to need you to do it again and be a little louder. I thought it was good. No, it was good. Great dental hygiene for Helen Gamble. Yeah. You have one new message. Lindsay, call me as soon as you get this. I just saw our little friend Pierce Stanton going to Officer Henderson's home. I think they pulled off the perfect crime. Way to leave it on the Store voicemail of the district attorney, saved. Bobby. Message saved. Yikes. Also, we stole some music from the West Wing. Some snuffy Walden. Yeah, so the our fur our, our our good guys uh pretty careless this episode. Uh yeah. Yeah. So now Helen and Ray Abruzzo are going to arrest the guy who murdered his wife. House. What? Cynthia Henderson, you're under arrest for the murder of Elizabeth Stanton. You have the right to remain silent. You have the right so to the an attorney. Now is you cannot afford arrested. an attorney when we be appointed to you. Bobby, you're such an idiot. Why would you call uh, her there? What? I'll be right there. What? The police somehow figured it out. They just arrested both of them. Somehow. Did he leave any kind of note? No. Well, did he admit to anyone that he killed the woman? No, he didn't exactly deny it, though, either when I confronted him. Jason Kravitz back as Richard what Jay. What are you asking me for? And Henry didn't do it. I'm asking you to release him. You're not serious. Of course I'm serious. The guy didn't commit the crime. You think I'm going to ask a judge to release a convicted murderer on the grounds that his defense attorney says he's innocent? I expect you to because he is innocent. For all I know, the kid hung himself because his father's a killer. That isn't the case. Well, give me evidence. Your word of honor doesn't buy a cup of coffee. Well said. The kid didn't even confess to Jimmy. Jimmy, what was your plan here? Oh, thanks, Your Honor. Today we'd like to prov- to uh, provide expert testimony from this guy Jimmy. Uh, Who's turn- the turns out his, his hunch, own lawyer? Yeah, turns turns out his hunch is uh, is gold around here. Yeah, his lawyer's got a hunch. How about that? I'm telling you the truth here. Look, even if I did believe you, and let's say I do, okay, I'm inclined to. I don't trust your partner so much, but you strike me as honest. I loved your commercial. I don't have any way of knowing that you're right. And again, even if I thought you were right, you think I got any basis to try and throw out a conviction? Even if I went to the judge, he'd throw me out of my ass. After which my boss would throw me out on the street. There is nothing I can do here. An innocent man is going to spend the rest of his life in prison for a crime he didn't commit. Oh, God, Jimmy, get off it. Wouldn't be the first time that happened. Right. Dead babies everywhere. Tell your client to think twice before hiding the truth from his attorney. This really is Case on number the three, two, three, four, five, and three, two, three, four, and six. Commonwealth versus Pierce Stanton and Cynthia Henderson. Also murder the in the first degree. Conspiracy to commit murder. Bobby Donald for Pierce Stanton, Your Honor. Marcia Schultz for Cynthia Henderson. Your Honor, this seems like harassment. Police are frustrated at losing Mr. Stanton, so they've hatched a conspiracy theory between Mr. Stanton and the officer who searched the trunk without any new evidence whatsoever, as far as I can tell on the incident report. I have to admit, Ms. Gamble, I'm a little curious. We have new evidence, Your Honor. I have an audio tape, which I'm happy to play for the court. Let's hear it. Oh, she's about to screw Bobby 
Lindsay, call me as soon as you get this. I just saw our little friend Pierce Stanton going to Officer Henderson's home. Oh I think they my god, the that's worse crime. than the plan B. Nah, equal. That that's, was attorney Robert C. Donald talking to attorney C. Lindsay Dole. We then went to Miss Henderson's home and found Mr. Stanton and Miss Henderson together. First of all, that tape was a private message from me to Miss Dole. Mr. Donald is not the defendant. He has no standing to assert Fourth Amendment arguments. Second, it's work product, lawyer to lawyer. This isn't work product. It doesn't involve strategy. How did you get this tape? Lindsay Dole is my roommate. I pulled it off her answering machine. Which is an invasion of privacy. You're not on trial here. They are. And they cannot argue an invasion of your privacy as a defense. I still maintain it's work product. The case was over. doesn't apply. Wyatt, might understand these two orchestrated that unconstitutional search of the trunk? Yes, Your Honor. They're lovers. He kills the wife. She, as a police officer, illegally searches the trunk. The body and the confession are thrown out. And, of course, it would be nearly impossible for the police to build a case independent of search and confession. And result, they get away with murder. Well, aren't we clever? Your Honor, that phone message should Mr. not be Donald, in. I had no choice but to set your client free the last time. But here, I am very much in charge. As Ms. Gamble pointed out, your client has no standing to assert your privacy rights, nor do I find your little phone message to fall within work product. The charges stand, they'll be held without bail. It's a good and that judge. is that. Yeah, that actually is a very clean way to make the right. I don't right, want to hear it. Get make out the of wrong my right. We're not getting out. Not right. until you look me in the eye. I am looking you in the eye. I wasn't about to let those two murders go free. I didn't think it was going to jeopardize our friendship, Lindsay. I thought our friendship was stronger than that. It was a private message. And if the stakes weren't so high. Come on, Helen. You of all people. Me of all people what? Was it a violation of trust? Maybe it was. Again, in the scheme of things. I... And you. You traded on inside information with me last year to much more tragic results. I can't believe you could be standing here complaining at all. Do you think I was going to sit on that information because you're my friends? Yeah, you guys should be ashamed of yourselves for getting mad at her. You were, she was totally right. Well, and you guys are doing this to each other almost every episode. Like, shots fired back and forth. Yeah, get a cell phone, Lindsay. Jimmy sitting sadly. Come on, I'll buy you a beer. I got a little more work to do. There's nothing else you can do, Jimmy. No. I've done enough. I should have listened to you. Maybe that kid... He wasn't going to survive this staying quiet. We both know that. He was a murderer. Let's not forget it. Roberta's back. I'm going to head home. Need me call, okay? So much for that beer. Okay. Only Eugene one has thing. been a good friend to Jimmy this whole time. Yes. What could make Jimmy feel better? Such a traumatic time. It's so easy to play if I'd just done that. If I'd only said this. You'll lose that game, Jimmy. I've put killers back out on the street only to have them kill again. You can only be true to yourself and trust that. No. You can only be true to the rules. You put killers back on the street because the rules of law told you to. The rules here, they said, honor privilege. I broke the rules. And now a kid is dead, and my client 
I don't have any system to cling to. You saw a terrible situation. You tried to improve it. Cling to that. Great work. <laughs> so good. Both of them. Both of them. Great. Uh, what a, great what a cinematography. Great monologue, yeah. great monologue. Great performance from Michael there. That was great. It's awesome. Ah, you see the product placement there? No, what was it? I'm going to go back. We have chess, but I want you to look next to the chessboard and tell me what you see. We're in Bobby and Lizzie's new bedroom. That's blockbuster video. Blockbuster video! What if you get sued for malpractice? Do you think about that? Uh, by a murderer? Yes, I'm sure the jury what will award do you think huge they rented? damages. <laughs> Face off? Or, uh... What is double Maybe jeopardy? we can suppress the tape as hearsay. Yes. Mm, I doubt it. Declaration against interest, maybe even rest yesterday. It'll get in. What were you thinking anyway? Lindsay. Don't Lindsay me. What, are you going to attack me now? Yes, Bobby, because that was a stupid uh, thing to do. I'm not even going to listen. You know Helen retrieves my messages for me ever since I've been sleeping here. I call her to get them because I can't call in myself. Oh, my God. You know Helen retrieves my messages for me. That phone call was for Helen. You don't know what you're talking about. Bobby Donald. Lindsay, just read your book. Wow. Bobby. Bobby did it. Wow. Wow. Twist. Wow. Bobby got the murderer back in prison, his own client, on purpose. Wow. Wow, indeed. How's, that, how's closing that going for you? Not great. <laughs> so, Bobby's like the only person who actually got what he set out to do this week. Uh, yeah, sort of. Yeah. I mean, he, he was effective at what he was trying to do. Which was sabotage his client because he's pissed off that he got the wool pulled over his eyes by his buddy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was successfully got his old buddy in prison for murder. Okay. Wow. Lots to think about. But first... Why should young people care about the spread of coronavirus? Well, we know that people with underlying medical conditions over the age of 60 are at highest risk, but they've got to get it from somebody. So we're asking everyone to be selfless for others so that we can protect those who are most susceptible. Not going to bars, not going to restaurants. It all just means physical separation so that you have a space between you and others. For more information on how you can social distance, please go to coronavirus.gov. Ladies and gentlemen, the Out of Practice Podcast, in unofficial, unsolicited, unfactual association with David E. Kelly Productions, proudly present... Oopsie! The Oopsies! Celebrating excellence in acting good, lawyering good, guesting good, 
and being Tom Brady. Not to mention, this is where we rate the episode and stuff. Now, here are your hosts, Keith and Mike. What the hell are the oopsies? Well, they're a fake awards show (laughs) that we do every week that I'm not sure anybody listens to. But just for us, we're going to do... So this is an interesting one. Let's see. I can tell you who it isn't. It's definitely not Jimmy. That's for sure. It's not Jimmy. It's not Jimmy. Helen thought she was getting a guy convicted by being smart and using her roommates against them, but it turns out that was Bobby all along, but he was acting against the interests of his client, client, but in the interest of justice. That's right. But Jimmy was operating in the interest of justice also and got someone uh-huh. killed. Yeah, boy. Uh, they. <laughs> I really wouldn't want them defending me much right now. No, in fact, this is an episode that makes the MVL very difficult because everybody really shit the bed pretty much. I have one objection to that. Eugene. Uh, no, no, he was you... more of a friend, right? He was. He was more of a friend. You know who killed it? Lindsay. In the uh, when she was cross examining the cop, even though she walked into the trap that they set, she hand, she uncovered the 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 illegal search really really deftly. That's true. Okay. So that uh, that was her job. Yeah. Her, her job her job was to uncover that the way that she did. Love it. And she literally, from the judge's point of view without realizing that it was a setup, got her client scot-free. Guy committed murder, confessed to it, and got off because of what Lindsay did. Congratulations. Still ends up in prison. Still ends up in prison, but that wasn't your fault. That was your boyfriend's fault. All right, this one's going to be hard, too. Already famous because you've been on TV. Getting a paycheck. First entry on your IMDb. Way to go. But you're the best guest actor. You are the best guest actor. You are the best guest actor on the episode. Spend a lot of time blowing smoke up everybody's ass during this portion because everybody was great. Once again, Henry Winkler, not a lot of scenes, but was wonderful. Showed a great breakdown, showed great uh, guilt, great Mm -hmm. sadness, just great all around. Also, the wife and also the son all gave great performances. I just... Kathleen Lloyd and Marco Gould. And thank you so much for your work this episode. But we can't deny the fact that Emmy Award winning Holland Taylor absolutely, in that last scene alone, steals that oopsie from the grips of everyone else by just being so good at playing Judge Roberta Kittleson. So good, so many levels, so many layers. Every time she's on screen, she is the focus. Absolutely love her work. Uh, interesting. Yeah, I mean, I agree with everything that you said, and yet I'm going to give mine to someone you didn't even mention. I'm going to give mine to J. Patrick McCormick, whose monologue about killing his wife was so riveting. We He, he was... It was sort of front-loaded, so he didn't get the final tag. But right in the beginning of the episode, I thought he did a really terrific job Splitsy. with 
that monologue. So, uh, Splitsy, congratulations, Jay Patrick McCormick and Holland Taylor for your Best Guest Actor Awards. Next up. You killed your podiatrist or blew the case, but you let a single tear run down your face. You're the best actor on the show. This one is also tough. Uh, I thought Lindsay, I, or I thought Dylan McDermott, I thought Kelly Williams, I thought uh, Lara Flynn Boyle, Steve Harris. Everybody was, was great this episode, but I, it's hard for me to not see the sort of arc from baseline to defiance to anger to being destroyed and distraught to feeling guilty. I thought Michael Badalucco took his Emmy and flexed a little bit today, uh, reminding of us of his rage. Even in acting, you know, usually he's just bumbling because it's Jimmy, but this time he was acting from really from a place of his ethics. And and I thought then having to come face-to-face with the repercussions of of that in juxtaposition of what it is they're supposed to be doing and whose interests they're supposed to be looking out for could easily be glossed over if not portrayed with a deft hand. And I thought deft hand, and I thought that Michael Badalucco was excellent this week. Yeah, no, I, totally, totally. Uh, I, it's, I think it's definitely his episode. I love the vulnerability he shows in that final scene. Uh, yeah, congratulations, Michael Badalucco. Flex that Emmy. And you can now flex your oopsie. Which brings us to... The Tom Brady Award for being Tom Brady! Look, for better or for worse, it looks like sports ball is being prioritized above all else. (laughs) So I think this week it's pretty obvious that the Tom Wardy... Tom Wardy. the Tom, Tom Wardy? The Tom Brady Award for being Tom Brady goes to... Tom Brady in an empty stadium. Oh, oh, all right. Because we did socially distance Tom Brady. Right, this is Tom Brady playing in an empty actually stadium. Actually playing in an empty stadium. Mm-hmm. I don't know okay. how you're going to do that, but we'll see. I, I'll use my deaf hand. <laughs> what? <laughs> what did you say? What? I can't hear you. <laughs> all right. Tom Brady in an empty stadium wins the Tom Brady Award for being Tom Brady. And now, only one more thing to do. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to announce how many spare tires this episode gets. <laughs> I just sent you a text I think you'll enjoy. Um, <laughs> oh, no. That's not good. Oh, no. It's even worse from the back. <laughs> Oh my god, it looks like you have a spare tire in the back of your head right now. I know. Oh boy. Oh wow. Okay, so we're going to have to put in some guidelines for when you're allowed. How much sleep must you have before you can cut your own hair? What am I supposed to do? Just like hopefully it grows back or should I just cut it all off at this point? I think you've got to let Jesus take the wheel. I just want to see what's going to happen in a couple of weeks. Jesus had nothing to do with this. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, Oreo nightmares. I really liked this episode. I think it I think the fallout of last week was a little bit more interesting than last week for me. Mm-hmm. And I thought the kind of the twists, the double twist was pretty good. I don't 
really know that we needed it to be Bobby masterminding the whole thing, but... I like that. Well, I'll say that because I don't... Bobby's not always going for justice, you know what I mean? Like, he's also had a baby's body sort of just left on a... So, like, I feel like he gets too much kudos for it, the way it's planned out, like he's too masterminding, but it does cover up the plot hole of him being so stupid. Yeah. He just wouldn't be that careless, I don't think. No, no, for sure, for sure. Bobby would be smarter than that. Although, because Helen's already, like, fucked them over so many times, and, and you know, she's they fucked her over so many times. Also, a lot of subtle things I liked as well. I like that Helen gets a little closure for her arc of the Fourth Amendment fucking right. her over. And also, I thought Eugene, I like when we get just little bits of Eugene being a good dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so all in all, I really enjoyed it. I think we're off to a great start. This felt more like a a part two kind of thing, right? But still, I thought it. I thought it. The resolution of everything was, though sad, uh, a little tighter than part one. So I think I gave it seven and a half stars last week ish. Yeah. So I'm going to go to the full eight this week. Full eight spare okay. tires. Spare tires, not stars. Very different. Well, of course not. Of course we don't do stars here. Yeah, I I agree with. Pretty much everything you said there. I have two nits to pick. Okay. One. And this, because uh, I, I have the luxury of having seen it twice now. When Bobby leaves Helen the message, but he does a great performance of like, oh my God, oh my God, blah, blah, blah. But he starts it before the phone picks up. He's like, uh, he's like, pick up, pick up, pick up, pick up. But he was just performing that for himself, not as part of the voicemail message. He was trying and to I get himself. He was trying to give himself a prebeat. Get get him. Yeah, I guess so. But I was like, that feels a little bit like a uh, you're trying to fake out the audience, and unfortunately, you faked out your own internal logic a little bit. Do you think that's more likely than they hadn't written that twist yet? Oh no, they there's they definitely had written the twist. They only they got like a week to film these things. Uh, all right, and here's the other. Here's the other. It's not a. It's not a nit. This is a giant issue okay. that I really needed an answer to, and I didn't get it. We still don't know what the fuck was with the jelly. Yeah, you know what's really interesting. I keep saying that now. I'm hearing it for some reason. All week, my wife's been like, well, do you think next... She wanted to watch this week with us because she's like, they're going to bring up... They're going to figure out the jelly, right? The jelly is going to come back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, for sure. What happened with the jelly? We still don't know what the jelly thing was. And we never will because the kid's dead. Well, like, they had a lot of jelly. They had a lot of jelly, man. I, but was he trying to frame his father? Smuckers was a was a sponsor last week and they were like, well, look, we'll just put it into this plot line. <laughs> yeah. It's just, they just jammed it down our throats like grape jelly, but didn't explain why. I, I just, what the hell? This why week would... brought to you by Blockbuster Video and Smucker's Grape Jelly. Grape jelly. If you want to choke someone to death after she stepped on bugs, please use Smucker's Grape Jelly. So the, did he put the jelly in her mouth after he strangled her or during? The kid? I... To make it look like blood? I'm... or unclear no it doesn't make any sense like if he's trying to like 
was he trying to frame his father? Because it doesn't seem like he was trying to frame his father. He's just trying to kill the lady. So yeah, then And if he was trying to frame his father, there's a much like just taking a random item from your home. Maybe and he tried to make her make her suffocate on the jelly, and when that didn't work, he just finished the job by strangling her. It's very specific. Well, I mean, and that's that's all well and good, but why would he try to strangle her with jelly? <laughs> that is like I'm gonna take that bitch out. Where's my jelly? Like what? Like as a murder weapon? If you have the a theory heck? on why, make sure yes. you email that to us at outofpracticepodcast at gmail Yes, everybody. I want to hear everyone's theory. What the fuck is up with the jelly? All right, but I need to answer the question. I did like the episode. It loses half a spare tire for the jelly. Although it's almost, I should take that from the previous episode. I don't know. Uh, so it's going to get 7.4 spare tires from okay. me. Math. Math. And so the answer to how many spare tires is math. Well, thank you for sticking along with us in this uh, bizarre episode we just did here in the apocalypse. Tell us how you felt about it at outofpracticepodcast at gmail.com. Please Join the jury, find us guilty or not. Leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or any other service of your choice. Just let us know which one it is. You can find us on social media, on Facebook and Instagram at Out of Practice Podcast. You can also find our blog at outofpracticepodcast.blogspot.com. We have a ranking of all the episodes. We've done the math, so you don't have to. You can find out where each of these episodes fall in the rankings would you like to leave us a couple dollars you can do so by becoming a monthly sponsor or giving us a one-time donation you can find those links in the show notes along with our email account and with some links i will be sharing regarding how you can help with the COVID 19 response starting don't cut your hair folks keep the scissors away from your hair people have to look at you even if it's just on zoom and If you decide to cut your own hair, or if you listen closely to the bathroom, you'll hear some razor sounds. (laughs) Ah, Razor sounds.